0: got a problem, you don't know what to do, your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too, the world is full of mystery, life's more than you can see, you can ask pomegranate, you can ask pomegranate,
1: Hello, mystics, psychics, shamans, witches, priestesses. Welcome to the podcast. Today I want to talk about being sensitive. Let's talk about being sensitive. Um, You're listening to this because you are sensitive and there are people in the world. Can you imagine what it would be like? Do I want it? Sometimes I want this. I want to be one of those people that's not sensitive, that's not psychically aware, that doesn't feel other people's emotions. Sometimes I feel and experience other people's experiences of the day. So what they went through in that day, whether or not they're still thinking about it or experiencing it, I will experience it on them when they come into my house. Oi! (laughs) What's it like to not have that? What's it like to not be sensitive? But you're listening to this, so it's very likely you are sensitive. Um, And I want to stand up for you. I want to stand up for your sensitivities. And I want you to be really good with being sensitive. And I want you to take care of yourself and have your boundaries and your limits and your edges. And I want you also to not be disabled by those sensitivities. What I hope for all of us sensitive people is we learn to handle the world and we also teach the world how to handle us. So that, um, because it very quickly can become uh, an isolating experience to be sensitive. It can be, you, the way that you handle it is you just don't hang out with people. You stay in your house and you don't go out into the world and you don't get stimulated by others. You become agrophobic, I guess. Um, I had an aunt that that happened to and I think partly because she was quite sensitive and not treated for it or not given skills that would help her. Um, so. I want you to be able to go into the world and talk to people and talk to strangers and have experiences and at the same time n- not disregard your sensitivity, not cancel it out, not um, get the sideway glances or the or take the sideway glances seriously or not be believed when you have an experience. Um, one of the ways that this is often expressed is in sensitive activities is through food um, you My Psychics are often sensitive to food, they are sensitive to smells, they are sensitive to sounds. They can't undergo stimulation that other people can go to. So partly this is about really rigorously taking care of those things without falling into eating and also if it's untreated, it can fall into an eating disorder. You can actually get so sensitive that you get an eating disorder. One of the ways I've seen this described is through Margaret Atwood's book, The Edible Woman. That's a book you could read. It's very good. Um, she becomes so sensitive <laughs> that she can't eat anything but the thing is you're a human and you got to eat and you got to eat in are human you you got to get some vitamin b and usually that takes a little bit of meat and sometimes that's crossing a line for some sensitives and so you have to figure out another way to get your vitamin b in so what i want to encourage you to do is just to really notice how how can i set my boundaries and still function in the world because As a sensitive and a psychic, you are actually required to function in the world. You have a job. You are a healer. You're a messenger. You pick up information others don't have, which means you've got to be in the world in some capacity. You've got to be eating the food. You've got to be talking to people. You've got to be translating messages from plants and animals to others the herbalists often end up being psychics often end up being herbalists being trance mediums or um, pet mediums and animal mediums and you know medium mediums and large mediums um so all of these are about coming to a place of really accepting it and not letting yourself turn into a nutcase over it right so let's all make an agreement now that we're going to take care of ourselves and we're not going to get neurotic about these things. We're not going to take it over the edge. I'm so sensitive I can't. Let's not use it as, as an excuse to not go out into the world and not take care of business. So one of the things I want to, know, I want to talk about is food sensitivities because there's a great deal of harassment around food sensitivities right now. Which I think is a form of insanity. What what I think that harassment comes out of is two things: the food industry, and secondarily a fear of eating disorders, which are really rampant. And we don't want to get eating disorders just because we're sensitive, okay? But at the same time, psychics, sensitive people can't eat everything, and actually most people can't eat everything. Like if you think about it, we're in a food world right now, which is both glory. I mean, those of us in a Western culture with enough money. Let me qualify this we are in a glorious food situation right now which is everything is available to us any time of the year anytime any from any part of the world anywhere if you were willing to pay enough money that's amazing i mean it's like a cornucopia for us rich people you know westerners are rich that's a cornucopia it's wonderful it's fantastic lucky us however i think it's really crazy to think that i can eat all of the foods that are in the world right now that are being offered to me not only can, not only should i be able to eat it but i have to eat it and then i really it's something weird about me if i won't eat it like i won't and not that's one level like i can't eat all these foods from all around the world because frankly all of my ancestors except for my parents believe even my parents all were in ireland the whole time and basically my body has been modified to whatever was coming out of Ireland and whatever diet was there for the last thousand, thousand years. I mean, we were there a long time. My body is modified to that. So I can't suddenly start eating a lot of soy. I can't suddenly start eating a lot of food that were not available to me then. So there's that. But also, there's all of the poisoning of the food with the GMOs and the pesticides. So actually, as a sensitive I find it very difficult to eat food that has been pesticided and I'm very 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 lucky and privileged extremely privileged to have a lot of good local organic farmers that I can get food from and eat lucky me um because I can't eat that stuff but also I can't you know I can't eat gluten. I can't eat dairy. There's a lot of stuff I can't eat because I'm sensitive and it really wrecks my health. So I want to really honor that diversity. I also want to stop judging people because what they want to eat is, because what I want to eat is plants, fruit, nuts, seeds, and fish. Is there something wrong about that? No, there is nothing wrong with that. I need to keep it simple because I'm sensitive. And I encourage you to think about how you can simplify your life so that you're your stimulation from the world is slightly less than it should be because you're so stimulated by other things. So that means making sure that the people that you have close into your life are supportive and loving of you and not harmful to you, making sure the food that you have, if you can do this, making sure that they are support, that the food is supporting for your body, making sure that you are able to get out into nature, even if it's the local park, so that you can be calmed and cleared because trees will clear you. That your energy is getting cleared cuz you need to be cleared on a regular basis making sure that you're getting cleared of stuff that that psychics can't don't want to carry around all the time cuz it's too much and also trying to carve out for inside your home a sanctuary if you can do just even your room or just even your side of the bed or just carving out a sanctuary for yourself that you can go to you can retreat to to keep your energy cleared and calm and also you can restore because you're giving you're if you're sensitive you're giving and if you're giving you don't want to overgive you want to be able to be restored and calmed and receive the support of the plants the minerals the animals the people the food that support you and give back to you as you do this very important work of being a sensitive at this time in the of the world which is so intense So this is all about giving yourself and taking care of yourself, taking care of you so you can do the work and be out in the world doing what you're here to do.
0: You can ask Pomegranate. You can ask Pomegranate.
2: Hi, Pomegranate. This is Lynn calling from Portland, Oregon. Um, I have a question or... I would like you to define some terms or your your take on them, um, if you would. So, like, um, what about soulmates? What is a soulmate? And what does it mean when people talk about soulmates? Um, what about energy? In science, energy is a thing. But in spirituality, does energy mean something different? And how do you think about that? And what was the other one? What about past lives? How do past lives connect to this life? And why do they matter? And what um, can we learn from working with them? Um, I think that's all. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. The reason I started this podcast was because I would have my students over my house helping me do chores and things, and they would; in, those sessions would inevitably turn into a que- question and answer session. And um, I would have to answer the same question over and over again. And I didn't mind that. I don't mind. I like talking. I like thinking. Um, I don't always agree with my previous... Uh, answer to a question. Sometimes I listen to my podcast and I go, what did I say that for? So, so I changed my mind. I'm willing to be different each time um, with some consistency. And um, so that's why I started it. And I thought, I'll just do a podcast and then the students can listen to the podcast. And since then, it's grown larger than that, which is kind of fun. That's great that you people are out there listening to me and that people won't need this source and I'm helpful. I like to be helpful. It's my goal. Um, And anyway, Lynn is one of my students, so it's really kind of wonderful to have her call in and leave a question like this, uh, which I could just answer in my kitchen and probably will. But let me answer these questions for you, Lynn, and uh, if you need to know more, we can talk about it next time you come over to dig in my garden with me. Okay, so first question was, what's a soulmate? Um, Mad, a soulmate is a pain in the ass. That's one way to put it. (laughs) So We've got all these like kind of new agey white lighty. I mean, sorry, white lighters, you know, I just, you're wonderful, but I like dirt and mud and the underworld. So I'm not a white lighter. Um, But there's like a new agey white lighter way of approaching the idea of soulmate where it's like my soul is here and it's arrived and it is searching endlessly for the soulmate. And that soulmate, once I find them, will become... Uh, whole in one being, the two of us, and we shall have our soul experience, and we will be mated in our soul, and that is why I'm here. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, Why would we do that? I mean, it's really easy to get together with your soulmate at the soul level. I mean, our souls are, are together already, and on some level, aren't we all soulmates? I mean, we're all souls, and we're all doing this together, especially those of us who are, sending part of ourselves to planet Earth, right? So, I mean, it's kind of a real human-bound perspective to think that way. Now, do I think that there are no such thing as soulmates? No, I actually do think there are things as soulmates. I think there's um, village mates. I think you're here with a team. I think you're here with a team of people that many of whom are not in bodies, who are spirit beings. Beings who are not fleshy, bit don't have flesh. Um, they came, but the earth is like, uh, did not give them a body. And that was right and good. Um, that's one, one team you're on. I think you're also here on a team to who are all kind of dedicated to the same purpose. I, I have a team that I'm here with, some of whom I will never meet. Like I won't ever meet them because they're over in, uh, you know, Zimbabwe doing this work with me and they're in the human body and I'm in a human body and they're doing the same thing I'm doing. And here we are all doing it for the same intention and the same purpose and that is great and wonderful and many but also there's all the team members that i Through my authenticity, the more I'm authentic, the more I'm true, the more I'm vulnerable, the more I am available, the more I will find the people who are on my team. I think it's very likely that those of us who are engaged in this podcast right now are on a team together, that we have a mission in common. So that's like your teammates, your village mates. And yeah, maybe one of them or 10 of them. I mean, I don't presume to know how you're going to go about your mating process. and I don't even know what mating means. Like I'm mated. I have mates, many, many mates. I have uh, one that I—I I only have one in my little box of lover. That's me. I'm monogamous, so I have that guy, and he's awesome. And he's definitely a soulmate of mine. And then I have friends who are like we're working together diligently, and we're life mates and soulmates. We don't have sex. We don't live together, but we're on the same track together. We're really connected, and we get along really well. And it's wonderful. So soulmate is kind of a a term, I think, that means that you just really kind of get along. You resonate. You you, you got an energetic vibe that really works for you and that calls you to one another and that that vibe makes you really like you're into it. You know, I like it. I want it. I want more. And to move away from that person can feel quite difficult and um, like not really right in sync with who you are, which is different than... Getting yourself out of the bond, the chemical bond of love because love or passion or romance, especially those passion and romance um, is actually kind of a chemical reaction that you get with someone whose chemistry resonates with you and also usually their psychosis resonates with your psychosis. (laughs) So, you know how we're attracted to people that are like exactly the wrong person for you because they're right in that they push all of your buttons and make you heal that kind of thing and that happens in the first three years of a relationship and it's hard to break up in those first three years because you're on the chemical ride and that's really different than having a soul resonance that doesn't allow you to that you have to complete sometimes you're in a soul relationship someone who's very difficult and painful for you to be around and until you learn the lesson you can't get the hell away from them so it's not always lovely and romantic and fairies and shiny angels and hearts and cupids you know it's sometimes it's really difficult and Sometimes it's just because it's actually not a soulmate. It's not like we are doing this thing together, but we're actually going to finish up karma together. Like you come together with people who, for, with whom you don't have, you haven't finished your karma. And so you're together to finish your karma. And then you can get the hell away from each other. I've had a number of relationships like that in this life where basically in this life for me, I'm here. I'm first half was all about finishing up karma. And a lot of some of those people I was like, okay, so we did that we're finished with our karma and I will tell you now I don't want to see you in this life or any other life again. Got it. Go to the other end of the swimming pool with the other souls because I don't want to be around you anymore. and other people were, where I'm like I love you I like you but I cannot tolerate your behavior right now so I won't I'm not going to finish my karma with you but I'm not going to talk to you anymore this life I'll talk to you after we're dead when we're both back in our soul bodies and we can get along better so I've had that experience too so I mean it's complex you know soulmates and hmm. Also, I will tell you another thing for those of you who are single and looking for love on a spiritual level and an emotional level, physical level and want a mate, want a person to be mated with, your soulmate is not a person, okay? <laughs> if you're looking for your soulmate in that traditional romantic way, your soulmate isn't a person. There isn't one person in the world who's, who is your soulmate and that's them. Your soulmate is more... An experience, like a cultural experience, a spiritual experience, an emotional experience, a romantic experience. It also is that feeling, that thing of I will push your buttons because the person you marry is going to be the one that pushes your buttons. I will push your buttons so that you heal these bits and you that are not healed. So They're all that. So that soulmate is not a person. There's any number like 10, 15, 20, 50 people who can hold that vibration for you, can hold that resonance of that of that complexity for you to provide you with that karmic experience that life experience that it can come through any number of human beings who are patterned similarly even might look the same or have similar names you know and that it's just a matter of where you are in the complex Vulcan game of chess that your life is. In other words, it's multi-dimensional. It's got a lot of different things going on and it's just a question of how will all of those patterns come together and who will be the person that will be nearest to you and the rightiest person in that moment for that soulmate energy to not only come into you, to them, I mean, but to also come into you. And when you connect, what happens is you both agree to go, yeah, Let's let that energy, that soulmate energy come in. Okay, uh, you're the one I'm willing to let the soulmate mate concept or energy come into. I will allow it to come into me, and then we will become soulmates through that. And so it's not this kind of scarcity one person must find them. I'm a detective on the love search. It's like, no, it's actually just coming to the place that you need to be in order to get that soulmate. And that soulmate might be a person that you have in your life for 10 years, one year, 100 years. Or as I say, I have three or four of them. One of them is my husband and then I've got two or three friends that are also vibrating in there because we're doing projects together that are like lifelong. We're going to do this. We've been doing it for a long time. We're going to keep doing it for lifelong. You might not realize you have a soulmate until you've known them for 20 years, by the way. So um, try to be flexible and open about that idea. And it allows for uh a lot a lot of magic to enter flexibility and openness uh allows for magic to enter and rigidity and closed thinking stops magic from entering into your life all right now oh gosh she has so many questions Lynn you asked so many questions i thought i was done with that question no now you want to know about energy okay Um, Kayleen, I don't want to go on too long. So give me a little signal when I've talked for, if I get more than five minutes on this one. Um, Energy. What is energy? I mean, I don't know what energy is. I mean, versus science versus spiritual. I'm not a scientist. What do I know about science? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, but not that much. I can't tell you what, what science says, except for I'm pretty sure that they say it's an oscillation of atoms or an oscillation of molecules. It's an oscillation of some small particle. It oscillates. It goes back and forth, right? These little tiny. So an atom is a little tiny thing that is mostly empty and has a tiny little nucleus of think something like the size of the earth and the nucleus is the size of a grapefruit and all the rest is empty space. Meanwhile, it's a little round thing and it goes back and forth, ding, 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 back and forth and in a little arc. And then string theorists say that string, that it's a vibration, that basically the smallest particle you can find is a vibration that it's sort of So sort of, if they want to give you a thought, a thing to look at, it's a string that vibrates and that's the smallest thing. And it's just a vibration. Okay. What do we say? What do us mystics, which is priestesses, shamans say? Well, what we say is that the the nature of the universe is vibration and that nothing is, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, nothing is real <laughs> in terms of that, you know, this table that I'm sitting at is not real, that it's actually real in my perception of it, that being hard and being... Um, unable to move through it and it's being really really just like there it is that it actually if I were to perceive it it would be a series of vibrations making up its totality and that from a shamanic standpoint the vibrations are influenced by what it's made from in this case it's made from oak so this oak I've got the vibration of this tree in my home this tree lived it grew it had experiences it drew on everything around it and it became oak and oak has energies and properties to it And now it sits in my house and lots of wonderful things have happened to it over the last 20 years. And now it's filled with those things. And so it's a vibrational thing of those things. I add that together with everything else in my house and what it's all made out of. And we get the experience, the energy of my home. My energy of my home is created by me, by all the beings I call in, by the things I've done in it and all the things that have ever happened in it. It was born in like the 30s. So all of those things that I came in and I cleared out things I didn't like and brought in new things. So that's the energy of it. So energy is vibration and it's, your and that your ability to perceive vibrations your ability to let those vibrations influence you your ability to vibrate so it influences others that's energy so when i talk about energy i'm talking about the way things move <laughs> and the way that they interact and the way they influence each other. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about energy. And I can literally be talking about electrical pulses. I can be talking about um, the electricity running through my house, through the wires. I can be talking about your personal energy, your emotional energy, your psychic energy, your physical energy. What you've been eating is going to be a part of who you, how you vibrate, how your energy comes to me, how your energy feeds you. I'm talking about it on all levels. That's what I mean by energy past lives okay one two three soulmate energy past lives i can't remember what she asked about past lives past lives what are they why do we need them what are they good for um technically speaking from a spiritual standpoint we're not talking about past lives we're talking about simultaneous lives so in other words you're living all of your lives simultaneously now so everything that ever happened to you or ever will happen to you is happening to you in this moment ah Brain explosion can't perceive it I'm in time can't understand timelessness can't do it. I actually cannot do it. I can get close, but I can't do it. So past lives. but because we are in linear time, we experience life we don't we don't really have or carry the lives our future lives in our body as actively as we do things that have happened in history because we're in linear time. You can tap into those future lives if you want to um every once in a while my friend says yeah in the future we don't have cell phones like this they're a lot easier to use (laughs) because she's tapped into those future lives it's really cute um so past lives well all right so it's really simple you think of the earth as um grades kindergarten through graduate school through phd of course right it's like all of those years and your summer breaks and you know the years that you quit and just drifted through Europe it's all of that right <laughs> so think of it that way um you don't remember exactly what you learned in grade 2 but it's important that you did learn it because it's influencing what you know now and remember how you and it's even grade 0 grade born to grade phd it's a school earth is a school so all of those things like i look at my grandperson and i go he's 3 He's not going to remember anything that's happened to him up till now. He might start to remember things, yet he has learned everything he needs to know about his life at this point. I mean, his foundations are there. So it's like they're the foundations of who you're becoming, and they're your foundations of who you're learning to be. Even the lives where you are a terrible, horrible person are super valuable, and they're so important that those lessons carry forward, and the, the so that you because karma is basically. This is a you, this is your karmic lesson. You're like involved with this particular lesson, like the one where I was a mass murderer, the life I was a mass murderer. That was a really interesting lesson, and um, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I, the other day it occurred to me maybe why some people are really afraid of me when I meet them is because they were one of the people I killed in a past life. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll send an apology out to them because the karma follows me. The because I, I, people are strangely afraid of me at times and it's always like what just little i'm just a nice lady middle aged lady you know (laughs) i'm a nice little middle-aged housewife what's there to be afraid of (laughs) maybe it was the past life when i was a mass murderer i don't know um so that that um lesson follows me and i have to learn over and over again to have compassion for others and i have to in that life i didn't have any compassion (laughs) for anybody Except for myself. Poor me. I was a poor me. Um, so you have to follow those lessons all the way through there to completion until you get your, you know, you really learn that. You really know the basics. You really know about compassion, which is the basics. You really know about community and building community. That's one of the basics. You really know about having a lot of fun in your life and not being too serious. That's one of the basics. You really know about Um, being true to your word, true to yourself, true to your authentic to yourself. These are all the basic things that we learn over and over and over again and until we really get that, um, they keep coming back in and so the past lives influence that and so you'll carry scars and wounds and troubles from those past lives into this life you'll 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 meet someone and 5 seconds into the relationship you'll be fighting like cats and dogs and that's cuz they're from a past life where you fought like cats and dogs right and until you resolve that with that person and resolve that idea i'm i'm just talking about me and my mother here by the way <laughs> i could never like honestly could never stop fighting with that woman and i really don't like fighting i did eventually but it was really in the last year. Um, so that kind of like resolving those conflicts is about you, lo- your whole soul learning about that and your whole soul growing. And don't forget all of the people who come to planet Earth from a soul level are considered rock stars. They're considered like superheroes. They're like, we're like, the like, hey man, they went to Earth and they did the whole amnesia thing and had the whole thing and they went through puberty. Like, oh my god, you went through puberty. Do you know what that means from a soul level? You're amazing. Menopause is also quite an accomplishment. I'll tell you that. So that's past lives. Lynn, I answered all three of your questions. Thank you. 520-222-9922 99 22.
0: 99, 22. Kirsten
2: writes in over email, she wants to ask you a question about dreams, and she says, I'd really like to get back in touch with my night and maybe day dreaming self. I'm curious about why I lost my lucidity. I have some hunches. I feel desperate and sad and filled with yearning to reconnect with my dreams, remember them and regain my lucidity. That is what I'm focused on right now. Sincerely, Kirsten.
1: Kirsten, I'm sorry that your dreams are not present in your life right now. And really, there's probably over a thousand reasons why, different reasons why this could be true for you. Um, If you want to get back in touch with your dreams, um, one thing you might want to do is look at when did they stop? What was going on? So you'll say something like, oh, if you were in my office, I'd say, when did your dream stop? And then you'd say six months ago. And then I'd say, what happened to you six months ago? Something happened. If it's dramatic, if it's, if it's a slow waning away, that's a different question. But if something happened to you, look at that. So there's a reason why you stopped dreaming. Either you were interrupted, or that part of you was closed, or you, you underwent a, psych, a psychic attack, or you your spirit guides have closed that door because they want to talk to you a different way or you know what I'm saying? I could go on and on and on. So, but if you want to try to get get them back, there's a couple of things that you can do. One thing is what time are you going to bed? There's a Chinese system. um, By the way, everybody, I have to recommend to you five element acupuncture, which is a kind of acupuncture that is reincorporating the spiritual foundations of acupuncture. And it's so good. So if you're looking for acupuncture, you might want to look for a five element acupuncturist. Um, and anyway, in that system, they really talk a lot about when to go to bed. And I am a person who used to go to bed at four in the morning, which apparently is an excellent way to completely destroy your health if you want to. And then yeah, I would wonder why is my health so bad? <laughs> So what, what they like is if you go to bed, if you're in bed by 10 and you're asleep by 11, sort of at the latest, that's kind of when they want you to be in bed. And that is so that at, at every hour of the night, it a different part of your um, system is being healed or is active. So your kidneys, your liver, your this, your that. And part of that is being in bed allows your body to really let go I think of the soul and the psyche and allows it to um, go and wander in through the dream realms into the other realms and I find that since I started going to bed earlier um, it really makes a huge difference to my ability to dream and to really fall down into that really deep sleep that allows for those really interesting dreams to happen. I always think it's really strange this thing that they say that you're not dreaming unless you've got rapid eye movement, but honestly like haven't we all? Like That just seems like crazy. I know that the the scientists tell us this, but I don't know. I dream before I'm even asleep, I'm starting to dream, I'm starting to get images and things are starting to come through and I get into that very first light wave of sleep and I will fall right into a full-fledged dream in that moment. And I'm not, it's not in the deep sleep, deep, deep sleep where you get those really intense dreams. It's just like, I'm just dreaming. I mean, and I'll wake up, you know, don't we all do that? We have that dream when you first fall asleep where you start to fall and you go, oh, I mean, I don't get that. I, I have to really question that idea about when and how we dream and how that you can't, because that's not my personal experience. Um, so, but that's one thing i'll say go to sleep earlier um obviously all the basic things that keep your dreamy space safe and sacred you do not want a tv in your bedroom because a tv is a giant gaping hole and even when you have wards on it it's really not great you don't want to really be looking at any kind of bright light screens in your bedroom Uh, Like pads or telephones or TVs before you go to sleep just because it stimulates the part of your brain that is waking up part of your brain It's blue light and it wakes up your brain and it tells it it's morning wake up There's things to do and you don't want that you want that to start to close down before you go to bed And you don't want it in your bedroom. You don't want anything underneath your bed Okay, what are you storing underneath your bed people? because Whatever you're storing underneath your bed is what you're dreaming about or what your whole sleep stuff is about. This is just basic energy cleanliness and clearing and keeping your space clean. You know, there is nowhere that you spend that much time as you do when you're sleeping, you're spending 8 solid hours, 7 to 8 solid hours in that spot. You want it to be the clearest, cleanest part of your energetically of your house. Um So you don't want anything underneath your bed and it's like i don't care if it's even a little dusty or you know your clothes are on the floor i what i care about is energetically clean so nothing under your bed no tvs no no things like that you want if you are a person who's very sensitive to light you want a dark room and you also want to not see your clock so you don't want any light shining off of your clock onto the wall or onto your face You don't really need to know what time it is. You just need to know if your alarm has gone off yet, right? So if your alarm hasn't gone off, it's dark out. Go back to sleep, people. You know, when you have that waking up thing. Um, Make sure your bed's comfortable. Obviously, that's a really important one. You might need to get a new bed. So these are just basic hygiene things. And then if you have an altar or art in your space, make sure it's conducive to sleep. And if you have wards and things that are protecting your door... Then you want to make sure that um, they're also protecting, but also help you go to sleep. Caffeine use—you might have become of an age, my darling, my dear—which means you can no longer drink caffeine after three o'clock. This happens. You didn't. You sounded. I mean, it's an email, so I don't know. I guess I said you sounded young because Kayleen was reading it. <laughs> but you—you um, you want to make sure your caffeine use is stopped by three o'clock so if you're not getting to sleep in a very timely manner or if you're wakeful um, all of these things are all about sleep hygiene and one thing I've learned through having a grand person you have to teach children everything and you really have to teach them about sleep you they don't know on their own our bodies weirdly do not know on their own how to get to sleep how to stay asleep and how to self-soothe through sleep so if you miss that boat if your parents don't have good sleep habits you won't have good sleep habits i can't blame my bad sleep habits on my parents they had great sleep habits but you won't have good sleep habits so cultivate sleep good sleep habits you have to learn how to self soothe you have to learn how to get to sleep you have to learn how to give yourself that wind down space you have to make sure you're not eating stimulants or drinking stimulants um so, you know, a little camel tea, all the basic stuff, right? But make sure your bed's cleared, that you have the right kind of, if you don't like your bedroom, you got to change that right now. Because all of this is about giving your body permission. Your animal body has to get permission to let go and to not be vigilant and to be in a safe place so that your soul can go on its journeys. Um, so that's the first thing you have to do. Now, let's just say... Oh, okay. So then the other basic things you have to do is have a pen and a paper right by, your, right by your bed. And when you wake up, try not to move because one simple, single movement will help you lose the dream. And just say, um, so when you wake up, you remember a little tiny bit of your dream. All you need is the edge of it. If you get the edge of it, you can pull and get the rest of it later. So what you want to do is just be like, oh, cherry tomatoes, cherry tomatoes in a bucket, cherry tomatoes in a bucket. You know, you might remember the whole dream in that moment, but you just want to remember cherry tomatoes in a bucket. And then just keep saying that over and over again to yourself till you can turn and get a piece of paper and write cherry tomatoes in a bucket. And then whatever other details you remember in that moment, write them down quickly. And that will help you remember the dream later. But if you don't do that, you will probably lose it. So there's that. Um, And then the other thing you can do if you're really, really wanting to learn how to remember your dreams is you can wake yourself up. (laughs) this kind of goes against everything I just said, but you can wake yourself up about a half an hour earlier than you normally wake up. And what that'll mean is your body will be more deeply in the dream. And then that way you can remember that dream in that moment. Just do that a couple of times to start getting yourself in the habit of remembering, just remembering. And um, the other thing you can do throughout your day is daydream like just be let yourself because it might be that you are engaged in i don't know going to school for mathematics or something and you've really tapped in to the part of your brain that's the linear analytical time oriented part of your brain which it's been theorized that that activity happens on your left side of your brain um there's a woman who did a who i think she she had a stroke and she wrote she did a pot ted cast called Stroke of Genius, and she was a brain surgeon or a brain analysis of some kind, and she was able to really observe her stroke from the point of view of uh, someone who's an expert in the field, and she was a neurosurgeon, I think, yes, and anyways, it really talks about her, the experience of both sides of the brain, the left and the right side. Uh, which some people dispute, but whatever. So anyways, if you're a person who's suddenly gotten invested in the left side of your brain, or you've gotten really a new job, or you've gotten invested in really the human experience very, very heavily, that might be why you stop dreaming. And what you can do is really carve out some time for yourself to daydream. And daydreaming will encourage you to nightdream. And just let your mind soften and wander. Or the other thing you can do is Make art. Make a collage. Get a coloring book. Um, because if you get a coloring book, book it opens up the right side of the brain. All of these things open the right side of the brain, which is the abstract, psychic, timeless, God, self, dreaming part of your brain, and that really helps to encourage that part of your brain to come forward again. And might be that might be simply what's happened. Everything could have happened is you could have had a child. <laughs> if you have a child. Forget it. Okay? Don't worry about it. You have a child until they're three and start getting sleep again. Okay? So don't even worry about it. And also kind of don't worry about this in general. Your dreams will come back. It could be your spirit guides want you to talk to them more directly and they don't want to just communicate with you through dreams. So instead of daydreaming, go into what we like to call light trance. It's also self-hypnosis is another way to call it where you br- just breathe in and out, notice you're breathing in and out, and then allow yourself to sink, Feel, it, get the feeling of sinking back into the chair, sinking back, breathe in and out, sinking back into the chair, and as you sink back into the chair, let go, let go, let go. And as you let go, you breathe out, and as you breathe out, you let go, and, and now you begin to feel an energy come close to you, and that energy is your spirit guide, This is the one that gives you guidance and tells you, see, I'm doing it to you right now, that gives you guidance and tells you which way to go and how to get there. And you don't have to know anything about them, but right in this moment, you might just want to notice if you smell something or you hear something, taste something, feel something on your skin, feel an energy in your body that's different, see something in your mind's eye, and know that that's an indication of your guide, and so we just do that simple exercise. And to get out of that, then you breathe in, and as you breathe in, you rise up, and you feel yourself rising. You begin to rise up, and your breath takes you up, 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 up. And as you go up, you come back into this reality. You come back into this room at this time, and that's simple meditation to do. That can get you in touch with your spirit guides directly, or just daydream from that place. This is this is called hypnotism. That's what. Here's the news that's fit to print people. That's what hypnotism is. It's just going into a light trance. In other words, going into an altered consciousness, consciousness that allows you to tap in and perceive the world from that place rather than uh, talking self place, day to day paying the bills place, also known as going into your right brain rather than your left brain. So those are things that you can do. Um, the other thing you can do, is when you go to bed, you do that same meditation, you might drift off right from that meditation and not wake up till the next morning. And before you do, you can ask questions of your dreams. Like you could actually say to your dreams, Hey dreams, come on back. Let's talk, let's talk more. Let's go more into dream self. And so you have a question that you're struggling with and you just write the question down, you know, what what's going on with my health or what do I need to know about this project I'm working on? You write it down on that piece of paper with the pen at the side of your bed and you say, this is a dream, this is a question for my dreams. I drop, I call it dropping a question into my dreams. You just drop it in, you go to sleep and then do that every night until you start to dream about it. And you might get an answer to a different question. <laughs> sometimes that happens. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want to talk about this. Like, you know, sometimes I'll say, what about my this project I'm working on? And they'll say, we want to talk about your health. So you just do that until you get an answer. Um, eventually that will cultivate dreaming in your life. And then one more tip I will give you about dreaming, which is throughout the day, if you really want to dream, what you want to do is really start to differentiate between because sometimes what happens is our daily life and our dream life kind of become common and super connected and you can't really tell one from the other when you're dreaming. And so what you do, and this is a great way to get to, into lucid dreaming too, is throughout the day, like four or five, six times a day, you stop. And I usually pinch myself. I give myself a good pinch. So I feel it and I say, oh, am I dreaming? And I know I'm not dreaming. I know I'm awake, right? But I just do it because then when I'm in my dreams, I can go. I will pinch myself and I'll ask that question. Am I dreaming while I'm dreaming? And just that act will help me remember the dreams. Also, it can pop you into lucid dreaming, which is fun. Lucid dreaming is being in the dream and being aware that you're in a dream like that movie Inception, which is such a good movie about dreaming. Also watch movies and TV shows, watch things that are about dreaming. Go, you know, listen to music, go into mystic space, let go of linear thinking, let go of left brain personality and allow yourself to expand. And all of this will cultivate and help you get back into dreams. And dreams are so good for so many things. They're good for answering questions. They're good for talking to spirit guides. They're good for working out problems. uh, that you have that you're trying to work on. They're good for just having fun and going on an adventure. They're good for visiting one of the magical spiritual realms that you come from that you don't ever get to go to because you're being a human right now. Um, seeing dead people that you love, your ancestors, your beloved ancestors. I mean, you know, no, there's so much good stuff that happens in dreams. Also, like I said, don't worry about it so much. Dream timing comes and goes. It just depends on where you're at in your life and what's happening. And finally, one more thing, be aware of not only caffeine, but you need to also be aware, have you started smoking pot? Is there a new pharmaceutical drug that you've been taking? Is there some new influence that's going on in your life? Have you been drinking alcohol? Because if you're drinking alcohol before you go to bed, you know, don't drink alcohol, you know, again, three hours before you go to bed, stop drinking alcohol because alcohol is a stimulant and it wakes your body up. It goes and your liver gets all that sugar hit. Like when you're asleep and it wakes you up and that will disturb your sleep. So be aware if you're smoking pot, taking pharmaceuticals or, um, drinking. These things will interrupt. Now, if you're on pharmaceuticals that you need to take for whatever reason, take them. Don't not take them. It's not that important to dream. It's important that you take the drugs that you've been prescribed. If you trust your doctor, if you, pharmaceuticals are not bad they're really really good herbs are good it's all good let's use everything we have at our resources um, to keep on track with whatever is going on we got to protect our mental and emotional psychological health our physical health and if you're on pharmaceuticals and your dreams are interrupted by that that's not a good excuse to go off them i'm not saying that um but yeah things like pot will definitely interrupt dreams and also alcohol. So be aware of that. So you might want to just like back off on those two things, because it's often that we self-medicate using pot or alcohol, and those are actually not very effective unless you have really worked with your herbalist and your far, your uh, doctor and your naturopath and your, and your acupuncturist. And they've said, yes, we are going to apply these herbs to this problem. Otherwise, you might want to figure out a better way to medicate because that's a pretty heavy price to pay for medication pot. Um, the only people who really should be taking it are people who get no side effects. In other words, they don't get stoned because it's actually working on their health issue. Um, and that's actually what happens to people who actually need medical marijuana. I'm pretty sure is my experience of it is they don't actually get stoned because it's working on their pain or their glaucoma or something. All right, my dear. Uh, thank you for that dreamy question.
0: You can't ask Pomegranate, you can't ask Pomegranate, she's a priestess.
3: Hi, Pom. Uh, My name is Katie, and I'm calling you from Overcast, Portland, Oregon. I have a few questions um, that are sort of related, maybe. Um, My first question is, what is your take on the phenomena of deja vu? And I would love to know what you think about that. I know there's definitely scientific claims about it as a hiccup in the brain. And I'm sure you have a different opinion. Um, my second question um, is that sometimes I hear another voice in my head, and it usually happens when I'm relaxed and falling asleep. But still more awake than asleep. It happened last night. It happens occasionally, not too often. But uh, I heard a voice in my head, and it just said, Kate. And it said it in a British woman's voice, and it didn't sound like it was coming from me or talking to me and that's usually what what encapsulates it. it just sounds like I'm hearing the radio or the t v um like a voice drifting in, but there's nothing that's never on it's always quiet um and I usually sort of take note of that and wonder about it and uh it's usually a name or just a word and uh just wondering what you think about that if anything comes to you. My last question um, is how do we stay in touch with the beloved dead? Um, What are are some good ways to foster a relationship with someone who you've lost and who you love and you would still like to continue to get to know, I suppose, Um, but they've passed on? Um, So yes, any insight, of course, would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. Take care.
1: Okay, today is the day when I answer a series of questions in a row. (laughs) Deja vu, from my point of view, is simply um, when you are hitting a stepping stone or a a mile marker in your life. So before you come here, you make a plan, you have your goals. This life, I'm going to learn how to... um, you know, be more compassionate or I'm going to learn how to, I'm going to go for being an artist and take a risky life or I'm going to really become good at cooking eggs. Really. It doesn't have to be complex people to be valuable. So when you hit a deja vu, which means, um, you have a, a memory of the things that are going on so strong that you know there's no, it couldn't have been that specific. You could not have had that specific a thing happen and it have it bring that such a strong memory. And so you're like, I'm remembering the thing that I'm at that's happening right now. It's a very interesting experience, very singular experience, and we all know what it is. When you get one of those, it means you've hit a mile, mile marker. Yes, you're on track. That's right. You're doing it. You're having a deja vu. This was what we planned and now here we are. Isn't that good? we're on track for doing the karma and doing the work that we said we would do when we got here. Now, is it a terrible tragedy if you come to planet Earth and take a totally different route than you agreed to? No, it doesn't matter. It just means you had you had ambitions, you had goals, you had dreams, you had inspirations, and here you are hitting it. And that's great. It's great, great news. I mean, I think there, it can be fun to change your karma and change your track and And like, or learn. You know, you can learn, accelerate your karma, and learn stuff that you thought would take a whole life. I did that this life. Thought you would take you the whole life, or maybe five or six lives to do, and instead you did it in this life. So now you're free to go and have fun. Um, You can do that. That's that's a fine thing to do. It's not more valuable to do it faster. It's just what you did. Um, It's hard to not put values on all these things from a human perspective because we have different, a completely different value system as a human. It doesn't actually mean anything to speed up your karma in its value. It's just a thing you would choose or not choose to do. You're either going to go the the intense way or the not so intense way. (laughs) Okay. So that's a deja vu. You heard a voice. The voice said, Kate, it sounds like you're listening to the radio. If the voice hadn't said Kate, I would have said, yes, you're just tuned into some channel somewhere. You're just like, you're just hearing voices. You're just hearing the other world talking about something that's not to do with you. The, the, it's like having an open window and the sounds come through from the street or something. But in this case, what I think has happened is actually because they said your name, they're actually talking to you. It's just that it's, they're talk. They're like, yeah. They are outside. They are yelling from across the street. It is going through the window. So you're wondering. It's more of a. You should. You should actually wonder. Oh, are they talking to me? <laughs> and if they're saying your name, it might. It's very likely it's you. So what I would do if I were you is I would investigate further and I would say, who's calling me? And I would go into a light trance like. I, and I would ask, uh, did I do that for the dream thing? I think I did. I'd go into a light trance and I would say, who's calling me? Who's there? Who wants me? Now, don't do this unless you know who your guardian is, guys. Um, so you have your guide. Your guide helps you stay on track. You could have 10 or 20 of them. Could be anybody. Any ancestor. Could be, you know, a salamander. I don't know what they look like or what their name is. But you should know what your guide looks like, what their name is, and what their signal is. And you should also know uh, what your guardian's name is what they look like and what their signal to you is because when you're doing spiritual work trancing going into other places cast you've got to cast a circle or be in a protected energetically protected place that has a circle and also make sure your your guardian's signal is there so you know yeah it's some weird creepy guy from across the street calling your name you don't want to go answer that call um, what their signal is and what they're saying when they're saying to you, you're in danger. That's not safe. Or that's not your business. Know what the signal is or yep, that's good. Go ahead. You're fine when you're investigating things. But it's all about magic and mysticism is about spiritual investigation, which means usually going into a slightly or definitely altered state and asking questions and you ask, what is the nature? Who is there? What will I encounter? Do I enjoy it? Is this my business? Every four questions you want to go back to, is this my business? And just going into an altered state and investigating the world around you psychically, spiritually. By the way, you can do this. I don't care who you are, or what your name is. You can do this. Just do it. It's imagination. Imagination's the gate. Use your imagination. You'll go right there always question why does my culture not like me to be imaginative and why does it put it down as meaningful and useful imagination when when people tell you something's wrong like using your imagination or that you're crazy for using your imagination question that use your thinking your critical thinking to question why 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 is it wrong um, you tell me why it's wrong, and if you don't have a good explanation, as my dad used to say to me, then, you, then you don't, your answer is not useful to me. If, it's not, if there's no evidence for it, if it's not meaningful, then it's not useful to me. Beloved dead, your question is about the beloved dead. Okay, I'm getting through these questions. <laughs> Let's talk about the beloved dead. What do we mean when we say beloved dead? What we mean is, okay, so there's dead people, right? Dead people and animals usually go into this category. Also, some plants, certainly trees. Um, oh, I have a beloved dead tree in my backyard. Got cut down. So, what is beloved dead? Well, there are dead people, and by people I mean trees, ants, plants, whatever, you, whatever you want to talk about. Um, the there's many categories of dead people. There's the unquiet dead, which are ones that are bound to the earth and are not happy. There or or are lost. There are um, your ancestors, which is every single living being, whoever lived and died on the planet are your ancestors because you're made out of all parts of the planet. Every part of the planet you're made out of. So everything that's ever lived or died is your ancestor directly. So everything, dinosaurs, rocks, volcanoes, mountains, unicorns, they're all your ancestors. So That's really great. You have a lot of ancestors. Some of them are unquiet. Some of them are quiet or fine. Then you have your direct blood ancestors. And that's the people who are born from this body in this life that you can trace your DNA back. If you go take one of those little swabby tests of your DNA, they'll tell you where they lived and where they came from. Fine, fine, fine. We, and you may like or not like them. I don't know what kind of hellish ancestors you had or how wonderful they were. You had every one of those kinds of people in your ancestry. We all did because we're humans. So there's those people. And there's um, those who love you beyond all reason. And those are the ancestors that just are so devoted to you. And they can come through your karmic lines. In other words, you got them through your Life lessons, or you, they can come through your cultural lines. So, for instance, um, Frida Kahlo might be your ancestor, or uh, Emma Goldman might be your ancestor, just because you admire them so much, and that those people are beautiful and wonderful. And those, and they might there w- there are ones on the other side who love you beyond all reason. They love you so much they don't care what you do or say. You are their child for however that came to be through whatever line that was. They love you, and you may not know them, you may not have heard of them, but you're held in their love and protection, and that's just a fact, Jack. It's good to know who those people are, if you can. It might be a grandma, it might not. Uh, It might be, you know, the dead ghost forest. I know one of my ancestors that loves me beyond all reason is the ghost forest of the Pacific Northwest. It's not actually a ghost forest, it's a spirit forest. It's It's not in wood anymore, but it still lives here and I can see it and feel it, hear it, taste it, smell it. I sometimes think I live in the middle of a forest, even though I live in the middle of the city. Um, And it's a forest that was once here, the rainforest, and it is old growth forest and is now in spirit. It's not a ghost. It's not unquiet. It's quite quiet. Um, So that's the la, 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 la. And then there's the beloved dead. There's so many different kinds of dead people. There's a variety. The beloved dead are the dead who you love, um the ones that hold you close, the ones that, um, I mean, the ones you hold close, the ones that you call to, and it can be anybody. Uh, it can be anything. It can just be this your devotion goes to them. and your love goes to them. and your who you know who you are now because they are the ones that taught you. And often that is a person that was once alive and is now dead, that you knew or was a being like, Like I'm not kidding. You can have a tree or even a city can be a, become an ancestor or become the dead. You know, that what you knew in a past life and now is gone. And it's, it's a being, it's an entity that you love and your love. Okay. So from a spiritual standpoint, love is like a giant, it's like the strongest force and it's, um, unconditional love is what we call it usually it's the nature of the universe even though um what's his name doesn't agree with that what's his name that you know he's the one who makes all the movies Werner Herzog Herzog. I see only deaths and destructions in the eyes of the bear He, the bear is nothing but the hungry machine that will eat your head even though Werner Herzog doesn't agree with me (laughs) uh, Oh my god. Albino crocodiles will one day get into this cave. You guys got to watch Cave of Forgotten Dreams because at the end he does the Werner Herzog hilariousness just for our benefit, where he talks about the albino alligators. So, albino alligators, they will one day get into this cave and wonder at the wall paintings. It's hilarious. Makes no sense. Um, (laughs) Werner Herzog's a wonderful filmmaker um what's the one with the bear is it bear man grizzly man he talks about the bear i only see death and destructions in the eyes of the bear that's also a great movie okay anyway oh was i saying something really interesting oh yes so from a spiritual standpoint, <laughs> the, the, the love is, is like um, the most powerful force in the universe. Unconditional love, it means it doesn't matter what you do or say or anybody does or says, you are loved, you are held in pure love. It's really groovy, man. It's it's really the grooviest thing, and it's very strong and it's very bright. So if you're psychic, you see it very brightly around people. When people are really bright, it's because they're filled with it or they're having it shone on them. And so when you're when you love something that has been here and is gone, um, your love pours out to them, and it's like a beautiful symphony um, or a beautiful stream of color pouring out of you to that, to that one who's on the other veil, across the veil on the other side, and it doesn't matter who they are, it will reach them and it will call them to you. So you can call anybody to you with this love, with this healing, beautiful, pure, unconditional love. Um, anybody who's ever you have known or not known and who has influenced you and allowed you to be who you are in this moment. Um, because we only get here because of the beings that have gone before. Those, those ones can be called to you and then you get the access to their power and, and beauty and even more of their influence on you because that's what you really want you're, when, you're, when it's a beloved dead is you want to not lose their influence and in fact you want an increasing amount of their influence in your life to help you become who you're unfolding to become, who you're becoming, because after all, you're on an emission and the mission is to unfold into the being that you most gloriously can be. And that's what you're doing here on planet Earth through this all of these lessons and schools is to unfold into an incredibly glorious human being. And that's what we're all doing. All of us, all the beings of the earth are doing that. Because in a way, another way to think about it, that's what the Earth is doing. I'm at I'm a one small cell of the Earth as she unfolds her incredibly complex and spectacular nature into the multiverses. And she's only one of the planets that are doing it. Oh, if we think about it that way. It doesn't just have to be carbon-based life that are doing it. It's in fact the dance of the of the universe itself. It's it's the stars spiraling around each other, and I'm one small cell of that. And as I unfold, I influence that very dance. The entire Milky Way gets changed because of my unfolding. And yet I am changed by that, the stars of the Milky Way, and not just the stars, but all of the aspects of the universe that are spinning and spiraling that are seen and unseen that are known and unknown and all of that is the unfolding of the one song the universe the unfolding and the blossoming of the nature of love in a beautiful complex piece of artwork called the universe and that's just in this reality but if we open ourselves to all realities we open ourselves to the multi-dimensional nature of space and time to this veil and that veil, this realm and that realm, then we come to a place where we can really understand just how incredibly stunningly beautiful we are and how powerful and amazing we are and how we can accept influences and receive them, let them change us and then give back a poem that comes from that place that it can only be said through me, I can only say it because I received. And I am the only one can allow that dance to emerge. I'm the only one that can express it because I am changed and I am a changer and I breathe and move in this place. And I am who I am and I'm a part of all of it and it is spectacular. And so... Let's just float away on that idea and that experience and that feeling. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.